teacher. And I want us to receive gladly the word that God has prepared for us through him this um, wonderful morning. Put your hands together and let us receive Reverend David. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give God the praise. We give God the praise. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity in spite of this pandemic to meet to celebrate the birth of our lord and savior jesus christ speak to us O oh god may it not be of the letter but of the holy spirit in jesus name amen amen we may take our seats merry christmas to you all i'm waiting merry for christmas, reverend Amen. Merry Christmas. And I pray that after this service, we would go, we would, well, those who are out would be home. And those who are home would enjoy the Christmas. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm on a particular uh, 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 group. On, on, on Facebook, and one of the things I, I have been hearing, or one of the questions I've been hearing is, why do we have to celebrate Christmas? And people have all sorts of crazy ideas. Why should we celebrate Christmas? What's Christmas in the Bible? So some of my responses are, why should your birthday be celebrated? If, 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 if I want my birthday celebrated, why can't we celebrate the birthday of our Savior? Why can't we celebrate what Jesus came to do on earth? How many are getting what I'm saying? Christmas is very, very important. So today my message is, why did Jesus come? To also answer the, 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 the same question. Why did Jesus come to be born on Christmas Day? Why was he born? Now, Jesus Christ's birth has changed the world. Before the birth of Christ, we have B.C., before Christ. So think about it. The, 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 the birth of Jesus Christ changed the world so much that the dating system was changed because of Jesus Christ. We have the Gregorian calendar. We have different calendars, but the Gregorian calendar. Hallelujah. Now, uh, if you can mute it, uh, so whoever is in charge so that I can be able to preach. So we have, before Jesus came to the earth, we have BC, before Christ. Right now, we are 2,000 years, the year of the Lord, AD, 2020 AD. AD means the year of his birth, not death, like surprisingly people think. It's the year of his birth, the year of the Lord. I'm not domino, whatever. Yeah, hallelujah. The year of the Lord. So when Christ was born, things were separated. And the dating system changed to zero. There's nothing like zero AD, but year one, year two, year three. Hallelujah. And the dating system is, 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 is established based on Herod the Great when he died. Hallelujah. I won't go into that now. Hallelujah. But what I want to say is that Jesus Christ coming changed the whole world. The whole world was impacted by the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now let's look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 2. Whilst you're attending to Luke chapter 2, I want to say God bless the, 
uh, our pastors and our different church members. Hallelujah. We have a, a, a number of uh, branches who are, are joining us, hallelujah, this morning to celebrate Christmas. Amen. And I want to say God bless you all. Amen. I don't want to miss names because I'm rushing, but you know yourselves. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And this taxing, is there a way to change this? I'm, I'm sure maybe later on, should I stack sticks? And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, not manager, <laughs> in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. <laughs> and, there were, and, there, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day to be our Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day to be our Savior. Amen. But the nice thing is that he, he had to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Very, very important. He had to be born in Bethlehem. Now, why did Jesus need to be born in Bethlehem? To be our Savior. Let's look at Micah chapter 5, verse 2. So Jesus needed to be born in Bethlehem, and then Jesus needed to be of the line of David, like we read. Now, the Bible says in Micah 5, 2, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. This is one of the verses that the bank Jehovah's Witness. Hallelujah. From everlasting. So what does this verse mean? This verse clearly means that the Savior, the God of the universe, the one who is eternal, was going to come from Bethlehem, from the city of David. Hallelujah. So Christ needed to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, another important thing that Christ needed to be from David. Hallelujah. Christ needed to come from the line of David. 
we are talking about why Jesus came. Number one, to be our savior. And to be our savior, he needed to also be born in Bethlehem and also come from the line and lineage of David. Now, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5 and 6. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5 and 6. Behold, the days come, come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, because he will be our savior. And Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called Jehovah Tikenu, or the Lord, our righteousness. Hallelujah to Jesus. So Jesus needed to be born in Bethlehem and needed to be from the line and lineage of David and therefore our Savior. Now, the very interesting thing is that when you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ, he is from the line of David from Mary's side. And then from Joseph's side, Jesus needed to come from the line of David and to be born in Bethlehem to be God. If he was not born in Bethlehem, then we are still waiting for the Messiah. Because that is what the Bible says. But blessed be God, he was born in Bethlehem. Yeah. Hallelujah. And he needed to come from the line of David. The Bible says that Julius Caesar's great nephew, who was called Octavian, who was named his heir after Julius Caesar died, fought with Mark Anthony, who wanted to take the throne. Mark Anthony and Cleopatra fought against Octavian. And Octavian defeated them. Hallelujah. Because Octavian was named heir after Julius Caesar. And then they, when he became emperor, they changed his name or they gave him the name Octavian Augustus Caesar. Hallelujah. Augustus Julius Octavian Caesar, hallelujah, or Augustus Caesar. Now, Augustus Caesar decided that he was going to tax all his province. Every person must go to his hometown, at least from the men. Now, without Octavian or Augustus Caesar making that decree, there was nothing that was going to cause Joseph to travel all the way from Nazareth all the way from, sorry, from Bethlehem. No, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Because when, you tra- when we went to Jerusalem, like Pastor Sam, uh, I think Ella too also went. I don't know who, uh, and LP Lydia, and I went. When you, from, from, from Nazareth or Tiberias to Bethlehem, it's about two hours bus ride. So imagine walking. Of course, there are shortcuts, but imagine walking. Hallelujah. So it meant that for, for, for someone whose wife was heavy with child to be asked to go and to register, it would be a wicked person who would not be, uh, who, who would do that. A wicked person would do that unless they were forced to do that. So the decree that went out by Augustus Caesar was all God's strategy to make sure that uh, uh, Joseph would ca- take his wife who was heavy with child to the city of David so that Jesus would be born there. If Jesus was born in Nazareth, there would be a problem. That's why the Pharisees said, that, look, you, you don't understand. But the Messiah must come from Bethlehem, the city of David. So there is no prophet who is supposed to come from Nazareth. They didn't know that he was actually born in Bethlehem. And that's why they were actually saying that. Hallelujah. So Jesus needed to be born in Bethlehem. He needed to be from the line and lineage of David. Joseph 
was the direct descendant of David to give Jesus the legal, adopted legal right. He was the adopted father, the legal right to rule and to be king. And Mary was also from the line of David, which gave Jesus right, the biological right to rule on the line, in the line of David. So when you see the genealogies, Matthew wants to show that Jesus is Messiah Jewish from Abraham. So Matthew starts or uh, gives the genealogy of Jesus from Jesus to Abraham. And Luke, the historian, wanted to give a historical view. Gave it from Jesus to Mary all the way to Adam. That's how uh, uh, Luke does it. So number one, Jesus came to the world to be our savior. Hallelujah. To be our savior. And he needed to first be born in Bethlehem of Judea and come from the line and lineage of David. What do you think? Number two. Very, very important. Number two. Let's turn our Bibles to Daniel chapter 20. Sorry, Daniel chapter 9. Verse 24 to 26. Let's start from 23. At the beginning of thy the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter, and consider the vision. There's going to be some history also in this short message. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and, and prophecy and to anoint the most high. Now therefore, know, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. That's 70, uh, uh, three score and two weeks. Hallelujah. So that's 16, uh, uh, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, uh, the streets shall be built again and the wall even in troubled times. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, and not for himself, and the people of the prince, then it goes on. So the Bible is saying that the Messiah will be cut off after a point. So number two, Jesus Christ was born and became savior of the world to save us from our sins. Hallelujah. To what? To save us from our sins. To save us. The Bible says that he is the savior. Savior for what? Savior what? Savior <clears throat> to save us from our sins and to save us from hell. Now, Daniel chapter 9 explains it further. Let's, let's look at verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy People. Now, 70 weeks is when the world will come to, the Christ will return. This verse is talking about when Christ will return. So, we all know that 70 weeks, Christ will return. 
Now, the Bible is saying, a quick history, the Bible is saying that from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah appears will be 69 weeks. Now, 69 times 7, because it's in sevens. Now, it is, the, it is history that from the time there was a decree to rebuild Jerusalem until Palm Sunday was 69 weeks exact. So the Bible is saying that Jesus Christ came to seal up the vision and the prophecy. Everything that was prophesied about Jesus Christ from the Old Testament all throughout was established when Jesus was born. Because the Bible is saying that 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish transgression. So it means that Jesus Christ came to make sure transgression is finished and to make an end of sin. And to make reconciliation for iniquity or atonement. And to bring in everlasting righteousness. And to seal up the vision. All the visions and all the prophecies of the Old Testament. To seal them up. To establish them. And then the Most High will be anointed. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Am I, do, do you understand what I should explain it again? Should I explain it again? Yes. So, uh, yes, I should explain it again. Okay, so what I'm saying is that there was a prophecy that was given by an angel to Daniel, saying that there will be 70 weeks, and then Christ will come finally. And then there will be righteousness. There's no time to read it, but when you read from verse 24 to 26, Christ will come. Now, the Bible also says that 69 weeks will also come. Before the 70 weeks, there will be 69 weeks. And in the 69 weeks, the Messiah will, be, will present himself. 69 weeks after the decree. You remember that the, the temple was destroyed. Nebuchadnezzar uh, took the Jewish people out of uh, Jerusalem and the temple was just in a mess and Jerusalem was destroyed or, or messed up. So the Bible says that there was a decree in Nehemiah or Ezra. There was a decree that go and rebuild Jerusalem. Daniel is saying that the, in the prophecy that there will come a time that there will be a decree to rebuild Jerusalem. From the time of the decree till the time Jesus appears on Palm Sunday will be 69 times 7. Yes. And in history that happened. Do, do, do you understand? It happened practically in history. Now, the Bible is saying that when he comes, when you read verse 25, he will be cut off. Not for himself or he will die. Other versions say that the Messiah will die, but he will not die for himself. But when he comes, these are the things that he's going to make sure are established. Number one, let's go to verse 25, uh, 24. Number one, he would finish the transgression. So it means that when he comes and he dies on the cross, our transgressions are wiped out. And to make an end of sin. Sin has ended, but of course, it will be finally ended when he comes the second coming. But at least so far as you and I are concerned as Christians, transgression doesn't rule over us. Sin doesn't rule over us. So he's come to make an end of sins, to finish the transgression, and to make reconciliation for iniquity or to atone. So when Jesus Christ came, he was born. He was born to do what? To deliver us from sin. To, to, to make sure that he died. The ultimate thing was that he was going to die on the cross to be our atonement. 
to be the, the one that pacifies God, to atone, to appease God. He was going to be our atonement. He was going to deliver us and finish the transgression to, 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 to end sin. Sin has ended in my life and your life. We are, we, the sin does not have power over you and I because of Jesus Christ, even though we will sin from, uh, uh, in general. Hallelujah. How we sin? Anything that is not of faith is sin. To him who knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Lies, like many Christians uh, 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 commit. Is it li- the sin of lies is a sin. Deception. So even though many Christians are not fornicating, are not uh, 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 committing adultery, are not killing, they are sinning by pride and by lies. So many people are even pastors lie. Everybody's lying, or not everybody, but many are lying. So, to make an end, so let me start again. So, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression. Hallelujah. But remember that Jesus Christ came to save us from our transgressions. By uh, uh, Isaiah 53 5, he was bruised for our iniquities. The, uh, hallelujah. He, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. But this verse is going to be totally established after the 70 weeks. After Christ's return. Nevertheless, let's go back. Nevertheless, he came to deliver us and to finish transgression and to make an end of sin. And to make reconciliation. Look at another version to say atonement. And we know that he's our atonement. Let's look at NLT, NIV. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. To atone. So this is what NLT. A period of 70 sets of seven. Like I said, times seven. Uh, 70 sets of seven. If you want more information on this, I talk extensively during my sermon on 21 reasons why you must not be left behind. I go into details weeks. A period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end of their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm their prophetic vision, and to anoint the Most High. All this will be established after Christ's return, but he initiated it when he came to the earth. What do you think? So at the moment, I don't want to confuse you, but at the moment we are on the 69th week. We are not yet in the 70th week. We are at the, in the time of the Gentiles. The 69th week from the decree of the, the, to rebuild the temple, the 69th week was when Jesus appeared on Palm Sunday. But the 70th week or the last seven years has not yet started. Apostle Paul talks about the time of the Gentiles. So there's been a pause for the church age to come. So we are now in the time of the Gentiles. Aren't we Gentiles? This, this might confuse some, but it's okay. The time of the Gentiles. Not every preaching you, you can understand. <laughs> but if you listen to 21 reasons, I take my time. I'm trying to finish early. But nevertheless, it's very important. So, the six, how many understand the 69 weeks now? Yeah. At least according to this. So, the 69 weeks, Jesus was supposed to have come 
be born and present himself on Palm Sunday. When you do the calculation 69 times 7, and you look at the year, I have all that. When you go to the 21 reasons, you go on my podcast. You look at the year that there was a decree to rebuild the temple. That year. And you add 69 times 7, it was AD uh, 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 33. Hallelujah. No, so, uh, yeah, AD 33, or AD 30, AD 33. I think, yeah. AD 30, sorry. Plus or minus. Uh, 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 the, hallelujah. Oh, I'll say it's plus or minus for those who understand. Based on Herod the Great's death and BC AD. Hallelujah. <laughs> How many are sometimes saying? For those who understand, they will understand. But those who don't, will, it's all on the 21 reasons. That's all. Just go. Just, how many are going to listen to 21 reasons why you must not be left behind? Yes, very important. Many of the, the prophetic questions are all answered. From da Daniel, Revelation is a sequel of Daniel. It's just a continuation. Hallelujah. So we are now in the time of the Gentiles because Jesus has come. And look at verse 25. Now, let's, okay, verse 26. After this period of 70, 70 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. Hallelujah. But look at how it says, what it says in King James. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. He didn't die for himself. He died for us. So when the six, so we are now, with the 69 weeks was when Christ came. We are now in the time of the Gentiles, meaning that there's a pause. We now have seven weeks more to go. When is the seven weeks coming? When the church is raptured. We all know that after the rapture, we have seven years. And then Christ will return. No one knows when Christ will return because no one knows when the rapture will occur. But once the rapture is occurs, we are 100% sure that Christ will come after seven years. So there will be three and a half years of peace. And then after that, there will be three and, three and a half years of tribulation. We will only have seven years. And that's the end. So, number two, why did Christ come? To save us from our sins. Hallelujah. What do you think? For more information, you know where to go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, the final will be found in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, around about them, and they were sore afraid. Verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, why, uh, which shall be to all people. So Jesus Christ was born to give us the good news. Let's go back to verse 10. The good news, the good news, the good news, the great joy. I bring you good tidings. I bring you good news. I bring you the gospel. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
Why? Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So the final, the third, is Jesus Christ was born to give us good news that we can be reconciled with God. The good news that, yes, you've been held captive by the devil for so long, but now there's a time of escape. The good news that, yes, you were, you, 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 you were prisoners of the devil, but I have come to buy you back. I have come to redeem you. The good news that it is not all hopeless. The good news that Christ Jesus loves me. The good news that there is hope for the future. The good news. I have come to give you good news. Because before Jesus came, it was all separation from God. People could only relate with God when the, uh, uh, the, blood, the blood of bulls and goats were, sh uh, were, were spilled. People could only relate with God. The sins were only covered. So people still felt sinful. Hallelujah. People still felt sinful. Many people were held captive by the devil. Many people were addicted. In fact, people could not stop sinning. People could not overcome sin. People were held prisoners to sin. People were destroyed. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Finishing very shortly. But this is the climax of the message. Hallelujah. Romans 5 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned. So death reigned. Now there's no time to go into it. But let me read from verse, verse 12. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. And then all the way. Death reigned. Because of Adam's offense, death reigned. Satan reigned. Satan controlled people and people had no power to overcome the devil. Apart from the heroes of faith and people who had faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Faith in Jesus. David spoke about Jesus. That's why he came to seal up the prophecy. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. So Jesus came to, he is the end of the, the law and prophets. The law and the prophets ended with Jesus. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. When Jesus appeared, Moses and Elijah, law, prophets, came to exchange. The law and prophet ended with Jesus. If we, yeah, with Jesus. And Jesus started a new era. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. If, exchange. So Satan was ruling people and controlling people. Those, and it was only few who knew about Jesus. They didn't understand they didn't know who he was, but they just knew that there's the Messiah. David talked about the Lord said unto my Lord. David, in fact, many of the messianic prophecies were from David and from Isaiah. And then Jesus even said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. So they had faith in Jesus even though they didn't know him. They had faith in God. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. There's no time to get into it. But the devil controlled people's lives. So because of one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came to redeem us, to take us away from the devil, to take us away from the plans of the devil. That's why the Bible says in Colossians that Christ stripped demonic power from around us. Jesus Christ came to strip demonic power from around us. The Bible says that Jesus Christ made a public show of the devil, disgraced the devil, defeated the devil, and then gave us victory over the devil. 
But he needed to come to be born before he could die. How are you going to die unless you are born? Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to be our savior. He came to save us from our sins. And then Jesus Christ came to give us the good news. So now there is good news. Now two aspects of the good news. Let's look at Romans chapter 10. The first aspect is that there is good news that there is hope. There's hope for tomorrow. There's hope for the future. There is hope that there is heaven. Jesus Christ said, in my, in my father's house, there are many mansions there. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So Jesus Christ is, is, is preparing, has prepared a place for us in heaven. So what is the good news? That earth is not all. There is more to life than earth. What is the good news? That we are not going to hell. What is the good news? That Jesus Christ came to be born on Christmas Day, which is a great event, and then it led to the ultimate, which is his death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah to Jesus. So, Romans chapter 10. Let's start from verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture seeth, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then sh shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Keep going, please. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So, very important, Jesus Christ came to give us the gospel. But the gospel, and, 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 and it will make more sense, and we will be able to help Jesus Christ bring the good news of the gospel by spreading the gospel. When we spread the gospel, we are helping to make Jesus Christ's birth a reality, or a reality for many people. When we spread the gospel, we are able to make sense of Christ's coming. Because without the gospel being spread, many people will not hear the glad tidings of peace. Without spreading the gospel, many people will not be comforted. Many people who are mourning will not be comforted. Many people who are mourning will not hear that there is peace. God is not against us. God is not counting our sins against us, but God has peace for us. God has good news, glad tidings of good things. But that comes by the preaching. So great, you see, so, so the preaching gives glad tidings, like the angel said, to people. When I preach, when you preach, when we share the word of God, when we invite people to church, we are bringing glad tidings to people. Because Jesus Christ coming and uh, the angel saying that he has come to give us glad tidings it only exists when the body of Christ brings the glad tidings to people. Otherwise, it will be for a selected few. 
But the glad tidings are now possible through the preaching of the gospel. Uh, is somebody hearing what I'm talking about? Now, I don't know whether you can do it, but go back to the verse. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 2, please. Let's, let me show you that verse. Uh, what the angel said, uh, was, is it Luke 2? 9. Please hurry. Yeah, good. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around the, about them, and they were so afraid. Verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. What is the good news? What is the glad good tidings? The good tidings is that Christ has come to save us from our sins. Christ has come to deliver us. Christ is born today so that we'll be saved from our sins. We'll be delivered from the devil. We will have peace. Christ has come, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. He's come to save us. And then how will people actually receive these glad tidings? How beautiful are the feet? They receive the glad tidings when people like the prophet, when people like myself and people like who are going out and evangelizing. Then we tell people that oh, there is good news. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants you to be reconciled with him. Jesus is saying that, look, I have good news for you. That it will be well on earth and it will be well in heaven. So, you and I spreading the gospel gives other people good news. And then let me tell you another thing it does and then we close. Look at Luke chapter 10. What do you think? I don't know that you're hearing God's word. Let's turn to Luke chapter 10. Let's look at verse 16. Let's start from 15. We're going to verse 16. No, we're going to verse 17, but let's start from 15. 16. Verse 16, please. 16. He that heareth you heareth me, and he that despises you despises me, and he that despises me despises him that sent me. Now verse 17. And the 70 returned again with joy. Saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Now, what were the 70 doing? Where did they, did they return from? They returned from spreading the good news. So it means that true joy in Christianity also comes from spreading the good news. So it means that when you and I spread the gospel, other people are receiving joy, and we are receiving joy likewise. Because the good news, the gospel, will always bring joy. No matter what happens, the gospel will always bring joy. Jesus Christ has come to give us glad tidings of good things. And the good things and the glad tidings come about. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. When we spread the gospel, how beautiful are the feet. Imagine there is a war and the war is sore. And we can tell that we are being defeated. And then we hear some people running. Usually in those days, there were no cell phones. So you see people running, running. And then they are running and then they shout, We won! We won! We won! How beautiful are the feet of those who come and say that we've won. When there is turmoil, when everyone is giving up, when the war is sore, we've won, we've won, we've won. How beautiful are the feet. In the same way, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good tidings. Good tidings of peace and joy from God. 
Jesus Christ came to, to this world to give us good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ was coming to deliver us from sin, was coming to deliver us from the devil, and was coming to show us peace and reconcile us to God. So the people who hear it receive joy, and the people who spread it receive joy. So it means that no matter what happens, left, right, center, the gospel brings joy. The gospel brings joy. The gospel brings joy. So what's the first? Jesus Christ was born to be our savior. It's all the same thing, to be our savior. But he needed to be born in a particular place and come from particular descent, be a dis the descendant of particular people. David the king and Bethlehem. Number two, Jesus Christ came to save us from our sins, from our transgressions, to atone, like the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Surely he had borne our griefs and no. Uh, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is our atonement. So he came to atone for our sins. He came to end transgression. He came to finish and end sin in our lives. And ultimately, when he comes the second time. And then he came to end or finish up or seal up prophecy. How did he seal up prophecy? Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Every prophet in the Old Testament was pointing to Jesus. Every prophet. Every book of the Old Testament. Malachi. I, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. Every book of the Bible was, is pointing the Old Testament. Pointing. Even Esther, you find it there. Every book of the Old Testament. All the prophets. Everything the prophets were saying. Everything the law was saying was all pointing to one. The Bible says in Galatians that the law was our schoolmaster, our guardian. Now, it was very necessary. Without the law, we will not know we are sinful and we will not wait, await a savior. If there's no law, how will I know I'm a sinner? How will I know what I've done wrong? I need a law to let me know that I'm sinful and I cannot obey it. And I need that law to keep me till Christ comes. And then the law hands me to Christ. Galatians explains that. I don't know if you are getting what I'm talking about. Very, very important. And then finally, Jesus Christ came so that we would have good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ died for our sins. That he was going to die for our sins and he was going to save us from our sins. He was going to deliver us and, and ransom us, bring us back to God. To reconcile us back to God. He was coming to give us good news. But the gospel would always bring good news and glad tidings. Because the, the word gospel means good news. So, you and I can help to make Jesus' birth a reality in people's lives by spreading the good news to them so that they will receive glad tidings and there will be joy. Also, when you and I spread the good news of Jesus Christ, joy automatically is, in, is, is injected into us. Why did Jesus come? To save us from our sins, to end sin, and to give us good news. Shall we stand to our feet? Hallelujah to Jesus.
Let's speak to the Lord. As the Lord to save us. Those who don't know Jesus, pray to him now. He came to save you. The good news, the good news is not that you have a car. The good news is not that you just got a job. That is a good news. But the good news of Jesus Christ is that Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the city of David. From the line and lineage of David, he came to the earth to give us the good news and died on the cross and his blood was shed for our sins to reconcile us to God and to give us peace with God and to make sure that we have a first class ticket to heaven. That is why he came. That is the gospel. That is the good news. That is the good news. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to reflect on what, I'm st- what, 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 we, what we are hearing. Reflect on it. Whilst we sing one more time, my Jesus, I love thee. As you reflect on it, reflect on what Jesus did. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. About Jesus. Oh, yes. For thee. The Father. Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to say, I know in my heart, oh God, that I'm far away from you. I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I want to be born again. I want my sins forgiven. I want the reason Christ came to the earth to benefit me. Then repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my my life. life. Forgive me me for all my sins. sins. 
Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For saving me. For saving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, we thank you for all those who have surrendered their lives to you on Christmas Day. We bless and worship you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. I believe I'll say bye-bye, Merry Christmas again uh, shortly. We have a very important uh, 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 time. Uh, we, we, uh, Pastor Elam, are you ready? We're going to show a very short clip yes, sir. to give ready. us, before he, he comes, very important. Yes. So uh, those on social media, God bless you. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and a happy, blessed, favorable New Year. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your day. Jesus Christ came to give us good news and joy. God bless you and shalom. Amen. Now